On Sky Sports Radio, time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting, this guy. Streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. And have a look at the time. And your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Really starting to go through his gears. Just continues to raise the bar. Yeah, good morning and welcome to Punners Postmortem on this Monday. Looking forward to dissecting the weekend that was. What a great weekend of Australian horse racing. Uh, and also, we'll throw in a little bit of international flavour at the mix. Great to see Blake Shin do what he did yesterday there in Hong Kong, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. We'll take your calls on 13.53.53. But before we get into that, we've got one meeting in New South Wales today. It's at Tamworth and we've got Nick with the scratchings. Take it away, mate. Yes, and there's 28 today, so we'll just do numbers only. But first of all, the rail's out three metres from the 1,200 to the winning post. True the remainder. It's a good four today, and it's a fine day for racing out there at Tamworth. Let's go to the first race. We take out one, four, and seven. One, four, and seven out of one. In race two, six, eight, 11, 12, 13, 14, 17, 18, 19, and 20. That's 6, 8, 11, 12, 13, 14, 17, 18, 19, and 20 out of 2. In 3, take out 3 and 5. 3 and 5 out of race number 3. In race 4, 6 and 11. 6 and 11 out of 4. In race 5, it's 1 and 9. 1 and 9 out of race 5. Race 6, we take out 3, 4, 11, and 12. That's 3, 4, 11, and 12 out of race number 6. And race 7, 1, 9, 12, 16, and 17. 1, 9, 12, 16, and 17 out of race number 7 today at Tamworth. And there are scratchings for New South Wales Racing today. Fantastic. Thank you very much for that, Nick. Yeah, we'll have a preview with Gary Harley a little bit later on this morning here on Sky Sports Radio for that Tamworth meeting. And unfortunately, yes, we did lose uh, Bathurst uh, a little bit earlier today. Our panel today, Ron Duffersey, Glenn Mundy, and also Dean Lester there in our Melbourne studio. Well, what uh, a weekend of racing it was, as I say. Good morning to you, Duff. Um, great to see uh, that uh, particular race at Flemington down the straight. Hopefully it's a big entree for the TJ and what we've got ahead for our championships here in Sydney. But also, Animo, back in the, uh, the winner's stall. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, thanks, Dave. Yeah, it was a mouth-watering sprint, wasn't it, down the straight uh, with those those horses... Uh, doing battle over the last 100 metres and uh, a, a real talking point, there's no doubt about it, and a, a great result for the Wallace Stable and uh, a Saturday at Rosehill Gardens. Yeah, Animo still got more to offer. Um, he had to work and he had every hope and ridden closer than normal, but I still think you know the, he's yet to peak up for his grand finals, which start now. Certainly the case. Uh, Dean Lester joins us, as I said, from our Melbourne studio. Dino, uh, that lightning was sensational. It was billed as a cracking race. There was plenty of drama, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But, geez, uh, home affairs, he's he's in an illustrious group, isn't he, with Schwarzier and Fastnet Rock, the only the three-year-olds to do that. Yeah, in, uh, in the uh, 21st century, Dave, that's for sure. And uh, the last male full stop was Nakoni, and, and ironically Nakoni, the sire of Nature Strip. But uh, it was a... Yeah, it was a Marvelous contest, and uh, they, uh, you know, I think uh, Home Affairs, you know, stepped up to the plate against the uh, the older horses and uh, Nature Strip. Great horses or great athletes, we learn in adversity what they can and can't do. And on Saturday in adversity, he ran one of the races of his life, so uh, he's in great form also. 
Yeah, he certainly did. Uh, Munns joins us as well. Glenn Munsey, how was your weekend, mate? Uh, and you were out there at Rose Hill and, well, Duff touched on it. Uh, there was a good performance from Animo. Yes, good morning to you, Dave. Good morning to Ron. Uh, good morning to Dean. Good morning to everyone listening. Yeah, great days racing, not only in, in Sydney, but in Melbourne as well. You know, I, I think we're, you know, right in the, in the midst of our carnivals. Now, carnivals are not about the absolute A-grade days anymore. It's just as interesting the little entrees you tend to get each and every Saturday that we are getting leading into the, you know, the d- days like the championships and we, you know, Blue Diamond Day, Australia Cup and that, the likes in, uh, in Melbourne. So, uh, uh, people are getting spoiled each and every week, but I, I can tell you, Dave, I'm uh, I'm not at my absolute best this morning. Okay, all right. Well, why is that? Uh, well, big uh, night. Uh, well, it was more like a day, Dave, than uh, than a <laughs> night, and uh, it's been it's Good been a stuff. very very big week for the the birthday celebrations, and they sprung <laughs> a surprise party on me yesterday. Ah, uh, fantastic! In, in the house, so um, they, my son managed to. Uh, uh, take me out of the house for five hours to go and play golf, which he hasn't done for 20 years, so I didn't even twig there was anything going on there. Uh, next minute I arrived home and there's uh, about 40 people sitting in the backyard. That's fantastic, mate, and uh, may the festival continue on for your birthday. Uh, let's let's talk about the big group one, um, because uh, there was, uh, look, the first three across the line, the plenty of Sydney flavour. We've seen them here in Sydney. Hopefully we will see them line up in TJ Smith's uh, etc. and in Everest's, but... Um, I might come to you here, Dino, because you were there. Uh, you're at the forefront. Talk us through uh, your opinion of the of the uh, the Black Caviar Lightning. Um, obviously, we know what the uh, this three year old's done is extraordinary. But the run of Nature Strip to to get where he did and to be in that position at the death uh, is just as extraordinary, isn't it? It was, Dave. Uh, yeah, look, I mean, it was 56 seconds of uh, unbelievable action uh, right from the start. I. I thought something would be happening at the start with regard to with Nature Strip and Eduardo drawing side by side. What I didn't think was on the other side of them was Profiteer was going to crash into Nature Strip and then virtually take charge of Brett Preble and knocked uh, others out of the race. And, uh, you know, the, the Inferno was very lucky to stay on his feet. Whilst that was going on, Home Affairs got into a good rhythm. Nature Strip then got onto his back and they were, you know, following each other up the straight uh, Eduardo uh, ran well but uh, yeah that last 200 metres Home Affairs holding off Nature Strip Nature Strip doing something we, we haven't seen of him uh, you know trying to run one down like that but uh, he all but got there and uh, a bit of a constant from last year's Lightning Swatsat who uh, placed last year running fourth but uh, yeah there was uh, that first two, two 250 metres was as dramatic as any race gets mm. Has Profiteer ever done anything like that before? No, not really. Uh, he's been down the straight twice and been fine. Actually, the straight's been his happy hunting ground. He, he was two from two down the straight. Both, you know, two of his three wins had been down the straight. So, uh, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was most unusual. And uh, yeah, he uh, he certainly had a bee in his bonnet uh, just after the start and uh, and well, at the start and then and then for another hundred and fifty metres or so. Duff, you would have been watching here from Sydney. Uh, what did you make of the race and, and the way in which it's unfolded? I mean, you've seen the progression of this horse, Home Affairs. I mean, um, he wins that heritage. He gets thrown in the deep end with an Everest. And it seems ever since that moment, uh, he has just turned into um, a lovely animal. Well, there's no doubt. Well, he, he went on to win the Coolmore with such authority, didn't he? He put three lengths in him there and you thought, well... Um, he might be all right, but then you want to see him come back and do it again. And to come back and win a Lightning and be our best sprinter, it's a real feather in his cap. There's no doubt about it. And he, he, was, he looked to be out on his feet there for a couple of strides. And 
he really lifted for McDonald's. So it's exciting. He's um, well. Does he go to a, a new market now, or, or does he just sort of concentrate on the TJ? I don't know. But uh, what weight would he get in a new market? Do you know? Oh, I don't know, Duffy. Probably uh, Brazen Bow carried near the minimum, but he didn't win the Lightning. He ran third or fourth, so this horse probably 53, 53 and a half. I've yeah, got, he'd you know, still get in light, wouldn't he? Yeah, he, he'd get in pretty light. So, uh, yeah, I think I think that's definitely the way he's going. And really interesting, uh, you know, in the build-up to the... Uh, to the uh, Lightning on Saturday, some of the information that comes out, and you, you just wondered if if he did or didn't measure up in the um, in the the Everest. But Glenn Boss rode him on that occasion. He came out and said, "Oh, look, he he only ran on one breath that day, and he virtually you know gassed himself out because he didn't get into any sort of breathing rhythm." And since then, they've had the uh, the, the nose roll on him the next two runs, and obviously that helps him get into a, a good breathing pattern, and to, he's a different horse. Yeah, for sure. uh, boys, do you, do you think first and second have booked their planes uh, to England? I think if the owners can go with Nature Strip, yes, and the other horse will definitely go, yeah. Mm. Um, by the way, this morning, J-Mac was on Melbourne Radio. He was talking to, uh, to Hoss Bensley, Andrew Bensley, and he did say to, uh, to Hoss that he will ride in Melbourne on Newmarket Day if... Home Affairs runs, and I know from, ch- oh, from chats I've seen with Chris Waller as well on RSN this morning with Michael Felgate yep. uh, that uh, Chris has said that uh, he, he doesn't want them to, to be racing together, so he's not sure of the direction in which Nature Strip... Interesting, he made this point, um, Duff, I'll come to you here. He said that on the day of the challenge, there's possibly also the Canterbury over 1,300, and he'd love to try Nature Strip over 1,300. Yeah, well, the way he's settling at the moment, um, who knows? He, he might, but uh, I don't know if Donald will be in the new market if that horse gets 53 and a half. Yeah, uh, that's, yeah. that's going to be the thing. Mm. I mean, he might, he might get um, a little bit more. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm not sure. I mean, yeah. and it would, it would be, I think it would be, um, is, is the, uh, the entry of uh, Nature Strip, you know, how, how does that affect things? Exactly so, right, yeah. Um, All right. Yeah. What about Eduardo, boys? Um, plenty of people on the Eduardo train. Uh, definitely a pass mark. Uh, they've just gone out of their skin, the two Waller horses. Do you want to be following Eduardo this prep, or if they're, if he's in and around these other two, do you think they've got his measure? Oh, no, I'm not going to say that. He was he was good. He toughed it out really well, and he might be better with his, you know, where he can just spin around a bend, which he has in the past. So I, I don't think he lost any admirers there on Saturday. He toughed it out. Uh, really well. I, I, no, I'm no knock from me on his performance, and he's you know he's proven that in the past he can bounce right back. And what about this? What's that from a Melbourne perspective, uh, Dino? We um, is this a, a mare that we're going to see pop up to to Sydney and one that should be thought of not in the same breath as these three in front, but um, gee, she's gone good. Yeah, she's gone good for a long time without winning a feature race, Dave. No, I think she'd probably go to Adelaide uh, and head towards a Sangster and a. Goodwood, she'll head wherever the ground's dry. She's not that effective on soft ground. So uh, you've seen her up there before and she failed on wet ground. So, um, yeah, just looking, uh, Duff, at when uh, Merchant Navy won the Coolmore uh, and he then ran third in a Rubiton and then he ran third in a uh, new market with 52. So this horse has won a, a lightning. Does that get him to 54, I suppose, maybe? 
Very interesting. All yeah. right, we'll wait, wait, and, wait and see. Um, we'll jump back up to Sydney now and give us a call, by the way. The, the lines are open, 13 53 53. If you've got a comment on that lightning or if you've got a comment on something else that caught your eye over the weekend, uh, let's talk Animo. Um, bit of drama at the start of the day. Unfortunately, Huey couldn't ride uh, on Saturday there at Animo, and we hope Huey is okay and feeling good. Um, what did you make, though, of uh, the Hobartville duff? Um, Look, Tommy obviously rode to instructions and uh, he rode to treat. Yeah, I'm not so sure he did ride to instructions. I think he rode the horse the way he jumped and he found a beautiful spot and at least he showed he can be ridden into a position if he needs to be. Um, On straightening, I think most thought he might just race away and win well. He paraded much better than what he did first up. Um, Halal come to beat him and he pulled out plenty like a good horse does. So I think he's got more to come as far as I was saying earlier. He, his grand final start ran with guineas and that's when you'll see the more furnished article. Uh, but as far as him being an even money chance is another story. Every horse has a price and he's on a bit of a hype price there. I love the horse and probably be tipping him but I don't think he's an even money chance because there's a couple that might be just snapping at his heels when you have a look at this um, Ramwick Guineas as far as you know the, the talent and the timing and who knows what Profondo is going to come out and do uh, so there's fresh blood there as well so yep he's he's on he's on his on his way he's on target and ready to go at his next you know two or three runs. Did Halal surprise? Sorry, Muns. Did Halal surprise you, mate? Considering we we saw that Bondi Stakes form last uh, preparation, obviously trialed good in January. But were you wanting to sort of see a run like that to to get him back in the in in the book in the camp? Yep, yeah, definitely. You know, he won the Stan Fox, and you thought, okay, he's, he's he's been beautifully placed. He's got the group win across the board on the board there, and we know he's a well-bred horse. And uh, there's stallion thoughts about him, and then he backed it up in the Bondi and that hasn't been the strongest race. So we thought, OK, you've, you've, you've done a really good job. Now that you've got to come back and match it with the big boys, and he certainly did their second up on Saturday. So he's a Randwick Mile winner, and he's a Randwick 1,500-metre winner, so there's no problems there with him. And, uh, yeah, yep, I think we can start talking him up again. Munns, you want to chime in? Uh, I was going to say, Dave, it was very interesting to note there, Ronnie talked about the behaviour of Animo prior to, to the race. They had earmuffs on him pre-race, but what, you know, I suppose it just, just goes to show you that, you know, some stables think outside the square. He actually had a spare attendant, uh, the gentleman that was leading Animo around. Godolphin had another person in the mounting guard there on Saturday, just in case I'd say that Animo started to play up and they'd have two handlers on him straight away. So it just goes to show you that, you know, they were preparing for every situation had he had he uh, turned it on again on Saturday like he did first up. What about some of the beaten brigade in this race? Because they are going to be three-year-olds that we see pop up uh, in places. Uh, Converge, Duff, what did you make of Converge? Very good. Uh, loved the, uh, I think it's good that they rode him quietly with the, the future they're thinking with him and they like the way he hit the line. And he's um, he'll come out of that with a good day out and he's ready to ready to shape right up as well. I thought Morris's me dad went well again. He's a horse that I thought his edge of a knockout chance there would have been the map and then he missed the start, got shuffled back and still finished, you know, within three and a half lengths of them. So he's he's snapping at their heels and could upset. And Ranch Hand got chopped out late there and went well. So you know the first five across the line there, you can make little cases that they've all gone very, very nicely. 
What was he I, like? I, for the I thought Kiss, Kiss Sun went outstanding, Dave, for yeah. a horse that's a benchmark 72 horse. He's now put in two runs in the Paul Lely race that the majority of the form came out of. And then again on Saturday, I, I you know, I, I wonder if, you know, Tracy Bartley's going to aim him at potentially the provincial championships. Well, his mm. second favourite is $11. And I spoke with Tracy about this, and Tracy said that he wants to campaign him against his own sex. He's actually thinking a possible Stradbroke. Uh, he's he's not saying he's 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 like Sniper's Bullet, but he's saying he's very similar mould. And but then he said it's very hard to um, to dodge a, a half a million dollar paycheck if if they go that way. So, um, but you're right with Kiss Sum, uh, considering uh, what we've got. Well, that provincial midway, uh, of course, first heat is at Newcastle on Thursday. That gets underway, and then we'll see that uh, that series unfold, coinciding with the country championships. Just on Animo and his price, because we've been talking about this the last couple of weeks with these shorties, what exactly happened with him in the Hobartville Muns? Was he just the only one they wanted to back? Um, well, it got to a stage there, Dave, uh, even in the middle of the day, you know, because Ronnie and I pay attention to what's going on in, in the later races, especially when we think a horse is going to get to a certain price. He, he got to 180, uh, Animo and we th- uh, uh, well we thought that he'd probably keep going, but there just wasn't you know a real sort of solid move for another runner because you got to the you know you got to the twenty five or the twenty six dollar chances you know as the fifth pick in the race there wasn't a great ring of confidence about Converge, albeit he didn't get out in the market all that much. Uh, Ranch Hand sort of you know held his spot there. Halal was probably the firmest uh, out of those runners, and uh, you know when we thought he'd get out. To possibly black figures on Friday they, they, they just didn't come for enough horses in the race to, to warrant getting him out to that point and when he did get to a dollar eighty, they were quite happy to take a dollar eighty. We're on uh, Partners Postmortem with Ron Doversy, Dean Lester and Glenn Munsey uh, let's talk about the Parramatta Cup here, there's a couple of texts on the text line uh, Duff about uh, the fact that we saw Mighty Bill dominant in performance um, and wanting to know what you thought of Shiraz, that import that uh, Chris produced uh, for the first uh, first time this prep. Um, I guess a few people thinking Sydney Cup with a few of these horses. What did you make of the Parramatta yeah, Cup? Yeah, it's just a start-off race for those horses um, heading forward to, you know, like you said, to, towards Sydney Cup. It was like uh, Shiraz, so I thought he did enough. He was far from wound up. <clears throat> he wasn't fancied, so he's finished in, you know, a fair way back, but he, he did what he had to do first up, and you can probably judge him uh, after his second or third up run to see how he's going. But I'd say uh, all those horses, all their preparations uh, for those imports are all centred around getting some miles into their legs. I thought Great House went well. Um, he Chris has sort of half-worked him out. He'd been a little bit of a hot and cold horse for his first couple of preparations, but I think he's worked him out now, and he's, he's, that's a lovely return from him. But Mighty Bill was dominant. I thought the run of the race was uh, no compromise. Uh, he got held up, held up, held up, then sprinted home. He's better at 2,000 metres and more. And out of that race, I'd, uh, in the immediate future, no compromise is the horse I want to follow. Uh, let's go to the CSA Stakes uh, in Melbourne. Talk us through uh, Pinstrop. Obviously, there was drama with uh, Lightsaber getting, uh, getting the scratch. Yeah, there was, Dave, and he, he was favourite at the time. So, uh, And he was probably going to be the leader had he begun, but he wouldn't even get in the barriers. So we had uh, Pasiro lead, and he actually set up quite a lead, but he didn't go as hard as what probably it looked visually, and uh, that's why he took a lot of running down, because he he, uh, he he just sort of snuck away there. It was a 
bit of a, a very crafty ride by Damien Lane, but Pinstripe was in a beautiful spot, three out, one back, and just kept building into the race. And first time we've seen him on a big track, he'd won at Mowie and Mooney Valley, and he really stretched out well over the final stages. Uh, I think Captivon's right on track for the, the Guineas uh, and Forgot You, I thought, was outstanding. James McDonald cut the corner on straightening and kept his momentum, whereas Forgot You was one outside him and had to stop and wait, wait his turn and then get going. And he actually ran the best last 200 of the meeting, Forgot You, and uh, I think 1,600 in the Guineas. Uh, I think with the weights and everything, I think uh, both third and fourth can uh, turn the tables on pinstripe. Munns, I know that you are keeping your eye on Sydney, but there's a little bit of sort of conjecture, a bit of chat about this race I saw with the scratching of lightsaber. So he was obviously your favourite, as Dino mentioned, and um, the quaddy sub uh, saw this. There was actually a tweet that I saw Felgate put out. So um, pinstriped SP'd favourite, uh, 555 with Captivant, but it was not the the sub, forgot you, was the quaddy sub, but, but then in the big six... Um, Pinstriped was the sub. How do these these quaddy subs work? Is there something that we don't know about? Um, you know that the reason why I forgot you. And sorry if you haven't been watching, weren't watching, or not across this. But just in general, the quaddy subs. How do they work? I'll just get out from underneath the bus, Dave. I'm, I'll be I'll be with you in a second. Uh, thanks for throwing me under it. Uh, but it's, it's an amazing, it's just an amazing. A <laughs> just a question. I was waiting for a caller, Dave, to actually. <laughs> Bring it up and deductions and uh, maybe um, you know same horse multis, but um, it's it amazes me that uh, there are people and high profile people that comment on these situations that don't know the rules that they're betting under. This this has been a well worn situation over the many many number of years about substitutes and it gets trotted out every time there is a substitute that, that is affected mainly um, at the top of the market because that's where the conjecture is well the substitutes are determined by whatever the shortest price horse is now if they're both equal prices on the totalizator it is the horse that has the most money invested on it because with the rounding situations the t- the, the the two horses would be a different price, but they're rounded down to a similar price. You wouldn't get a situation, Dave, or you're very highly unlikely to get a situation there is exactly to the dollar the same amount invested on two horses in the one race. And it's different the big subs six for situation. Different bet types. Oh, sorry, Dan? Yeah, yeah, sorry. You were going to go on with the big six, sorry. Yeah, yeah I, but the, I, the, I the big six is, once yeah. again, a different uh, situation yeah. again. It's it's just the horse that has the most money invested on it. Okay, all right. See, that well, it wasn't under the bus. That was very Christian Lynn like Munns, bang straight out of the ground. You did well there. Yeah. So um, the most money it, it, it wasn't even a short pitch delivery, Dave. It was more a fuller length, and I just sort of stepped back and and went into it and made sure I followed through <laughs> and you know got the momentum going with the bat. So, so, so you're just on, on Dino's question. Though, how how are they different though? Is it just because they're a different? Are they? Is they're there a, a different, different betting type, Dave. So therefore, there's different rules for different betting types. Yeah, but right. you, you just said you just said it's the highest money horse in the quaddy, but the big six. You said it was the highest invested horse. Is it the highest invested horse on the big six bet type or on the yeah, yeah on the big pool? six bet type? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it has its own own rules. Um, whereas the, the quaddy is the quaddy is determined by the win pool. Of the particular race. Yeah, so it's totally yeah. different. Yeah, yeah. cool. We've got uh, Michael on the line. Morning, Michael. Morning, boys. I think you must have missed the biggest topic of the weekend, William Pike, that absolute genius of this jockey. Everything that's short and the public are onto him, 
Right a while with all those horses, 15 to 1, seems just getting beat. Um, I'd like to know, Manzies, are you going to put up how many group ones are you going to win this autumn? I think these bookies will be shaking in the boot, not the bookies, the jockeys. I think you'll, you'll win group one horses everywhere, everywhere in races, if he gets on the right horses. Impeccable ride. A rider who can ride from the tail, not make one mistake, save every inch. You know, a lot of these riders are one dimensional, they've either got to be on leaders, they make mistakes. What do you think? Michael Pike on the phone. That's the old man. How are you, mate? Um, can, can we get a market open? Um, I mean, we want markets on everything, Muns. There you go. Well, well, Dave, Dave, after you produced a new market on Friday, A, I'm surprised you're actually <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, I know. Maybe the, the meeting at uh, HR is 10 o'clock. <laughs> um, yeah, well, if someone would like a market on how many winners, Group 1 winners, Willie Pike will ride over the... Uh, the, the Autumn Carnival, we'll do our best to put that one up for you. And uh, it was interesting to note his first ever winner in Sydney was on Friday night at Canterbury. And, of course, in true Willie Pike fashion, he came from last to do it. Yeah, that Partelli horse. And, uh, geez, he got stuck in late, doesn't he? Um, let's take a quick break. It's 9.31 on Sky Sports Radio. You're on Punters Postmortem. The, uh, the phone lines are open. 13.53.53. If you've got a topic you want to talk about, give us a ring right now. The New South Wales Country Championship Qualifiers. Central Districts 2020. It's I Stole Your Love coming at it now with Taylor the Crown and Healing Hands. Healing Hands had gone to a narrow lead. I Stole Your Love and Electrified and Healing Hands. 2021. Homogeny coming home well. Old Harbour raced up on the outside. Put its head in front. Homogeny outside. Old Harbour. Homogeny is closing. Old Harbour. Homogeny. Old Harbour and Homogeny in a thriller. The Central Districts Country Championship Qualifier. This Sunday at Mudgee. West is best. Don't miss the next superstar to emerge from Western Australia at the Perth Yearling Sale held at Magic Millions Swan Valley Complex, February 22 and 23. Recent graduates of the sale include star gallopers Gemma's Son, Portland Sky, Samistat and the mighty Blackheart Bard. The 2022 catalogue features 338 outstanding lots by 84 individual sires from local champions to Australia's best. For more information and to view the catalogue, visit magicmillions.com.au. Listen up, punters. The Sticky and Smoky crew smashed it at our Super Bowl party and now they're aiming up again for the big sports breakfast lunch. If you're attending, make sure you enter their comp to win one of 10 Sticky Wings and Smoky Barbecue Mega Home Packs. And once lunch is done, they'll be putting on a free spread of Sticky Wings and Smoky Barbecue Ribs at the after bar. For more, visit stickywings.com.au or smokybarbecue.com.au. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters Postmortem. Yeah, welcome back. Uh, you're with uh, Ron Duffersey, Dean Lester and Glenn Munsey this morning on Punters Postmortem. And your call's on 13.53.53. I think we've got another caller on the line. Uh, Wayne, good morning, mate. G'day, boys. Um, What's on I'm your mind? Up, I'm ringing up about Willie Pike. I was thinking with a few boys on Saturday and we can't work out why he's allowed to ride over here. Did they change the rules or something for him? The, the rules were actually changed by the, the health department in New South Wales. Previously, the rules uh, that Racing New South Wales were acting under required participants to be double vaxxed, and that was um, staff, uh, the barrier staff, um, jockeys, uh, even um, uh, the, the stewards, all of those. That, and the, the New South Wales Health um, 
changed the rules. So Racing New South Wales changed their rules in accordance with um, the New South Wales Health Department. It is it is a strange situation that you've actually gone, well, in, in effect, you've gone backwards. And those people that weren't permitted to, uh, to take part in racing, uh, if they weren't double vaccinated, are now able to, and they may they may have stood themselves down or whatever, and failed to be able to earn a living, and had a principal, and now that is not a requirement to earn yourself a living, and that's why Willie Pike is here. All right, thanks, Buns. At least you explained it clear. There you go. Uh, just a question: Are we the only state that's doing that, or is there every other state you have to be mandatory vax? Um, sure. I, don't about, I don't know about every state, but the ones he's wanted to ride in, Victoria, New South okay. Wales, or WA, yeah, mm. it, it is. Okay. Well, Willie rode, rode a nice horse at the trials this morning, a horse called Remark. Remember him? Yeah. He is trialled brilliantly there this morning. Very fresh, but uh, he's might Did be he have one. a wind operation? Or? He may have, he yeah. Did. Yeah, I think he mm. did. Yeah. He might be on target for the, uh, one of those nice... Uh, sprints, I can tell you that much. It's actually, it's been a very interesting trial morning. Mm. Alligator Blood, Gay and Adrian have got him now. They may have switched him back on. He wins a trial by six and a half lengths. There's a there's a two year old that's there's a there's big talk about an unraced two year old. It's called Grease from the Kieran Mar and Davis used to stable. It's a well bred I am invincible filly. Uh, she has won two trials in very fast time now. Um, uh, so well, she went two. Yeah, I think she's won two trials in very fast time. So I'm interested in her, and obviously there's another horse called Zarastro who's just come through his classes, who looks very good as well. Uh, so I'm worth a look at these trials this morning. If uh, just on the replays later on, have a look at them. Yeah, yeah Greece is a twenty-six dollar chance, and I'd say as firmed uh, this morning yeah. in the slipper. So at this stage, Greece is the word. It is the word. Okay. That's a cool we've, more horse too. Another one. Uh, we've got uh, David on the line. Morning, David. Oh, good morning. How are you going? Look, that, um, we just had some calls about Willie Pike. And, yes, uh, mate. I think he's a great jockey. But um, just, uh, I always think, you know, the, I know there's a lot of good jockeys around, but the importance of jockeys um, when you back a horse, um, just a couple. Um, I don't think I've seen a guy ride Flemington as well as James McDonald. Um, just his ride on Crystal Pegasus. Um and I remember when he rode Great House and the Hotham. He, he just seems to get his horses in the right place and be able to get by, like in a train and, and, and peel off in the straight. And the other one recently I've noticed, Jamie Carr, since she's come back, um, she might not be riding as many winners, but I think she's actually, in many ways, has become a better rider. She seems to um, also just get her horses in the right place. And I backed a couple of her horses on Saturday that didn't win, but I just thought her rides were just absolutely... Um, outstanding that she got a horse in the right place and it was just she didn't have the horse underneath her. Um, but I, I don't know what you guys think, but I think those two, Damien Lane and um, John McNeil, I just have so much confidence when they're riding my horse. Um, mm. I just think they seem to... I bet mainly in Melbourne, so, but they just seem to get their horses in the right place and every time, and I just have so much confidence when I back the horse and they're riding it. Yeah, no I'll argument from me. Um, I'm really impressed reason. with... Damien Lane and Jai McNeil are real, you know, big. In, you know, well, Damien Lane's a big-time performer, we know that, but uh, this Jai McNeil's snapping at their heels, and there seems to be a lot more depth in Melbourne these... Well, I'm not, I'm not saying these days, but 
was all about Williams and Oliver and whatever, but uh, there's a there's a good little team there now that uh, are snapping at each other's heels. There's no doubt about it. Mm. Just, just, just say something about um, a couple of horses I saw on the weekend. Yes, mate. Um, you've already mentioned them, but um, I think they're emerging stayers. Um, Crystal Pegasus and um, Mighty Bill. I think they're really emerging. Um, I remember Mighty Bill. I didn't really think he was that good, but uh, I remember seeing him when he won the Christmas Cup. And there was a takeaway leader, and he carried a little huge weight, and he just settled so well and got to the line. And I think Mighty Bill particularly is really emerging. And, like, there's no trainer who seems to be able to get horses through their grades like Waller. He seems to just bring them along slowly, and before you know it, they're sort of ready for, you know, Group 1. He's, I think he's really um, a horse that could be on the up. Yeah, he's, he's, he sort of, I think he snuck up on him, and then he stopped mid-preparation with him and, and says, no, well, I've got to freshen you up. When he won, you know, we well, think he won about five races this preparation, and he, you'd think, oh, well, he'll, he'll get the most out of him and then spell him and bring him back later on. And Chris has sort of thought, jeez, he's going better than I thought. I better treat him like an autumn horse now. And he freshened him up and, and started him off again, and he's gone good run and then bang. So, yeah, he's, he's, he's there to pounce if he's good enough. Next caller on the line is Simon. Good morning, Simon. Yeah, good morning, guys. Just wanted to, yeah, and I'll second what Dave said about Jamie Carr. I don't think anyone could have settled Nature Strip the way she did and to have him, you know, track up and just lose by a nose. I think she did a remarkable job there. But um, now my question's about that cult, um, back to Willie Pike, the, uh, Magic. I think everyone saw the run. Do we mm. know where he's going next or has he only got one more shot to get in the slipper because he probably hasn't got enough prize money at this stage yeah he'll probably have a he's got to have one more shot and that'll be probably be two weeks out so well maybe I don't know whether it's the Todman um, or he probably could go to the Pago Pago uh, but um, that's a I think that's a week before no that's still two weeks before so yeah, he'll have one more crack if he's in order and pulls up. Well, I'm sure he has to. You know, these two-year-olds. He's, you know, he's a two and a half million dollar horse. He's, he's. If he's got an opportunity to run in a slipper, he, if he mm. won it, he'd be worth anything with a pedigree like that. Yeah, no, he's nice. Uh, an- another place he could end up too, and I think they've done this before. Although he might um, take that route of the top and or the um, the Pago Pago. But what about the Black Opal too this year? Yep, there's always a little soft option going through. Yeah. So um, uh, it was a great run. Let's talk about the Silver Slipper then, Duff. Um, we saw Best of Bordeaux get out in front. and I mean, did, did Best of Bordeaux surprise you with, uh, with that performance? He's a pretty, seems a pretty smart colt. Well, I think most, most of us, it tells you the times aren't everything. Most of us went back and had a look. And at first glance, you thought, to the eye, he was great winning um, at, at his previous start. And, and then obviously... You look at the race after and the filly comes out and runs much faster time and they both had the best of the bias on the day, which is always in the back of your head. And I tell you, I think a few of the the pros must have found it because he was a heavy go on the totes late, um, considering there was no action really for him, but he was hit He was hit on all the totes. And what a job she's doing, this Casey Fogden, uh, with her little team um, so far in Sydney uh, this autumn. She's done a terrific job. So, look, you can't really mount. He's got a prove himself at 1200 I don't know whether he could come out and win a slipper you know going mad up front but he certainly hasn't done made too many mistakes 
Uh, what about some of the Beaton Brigade, uh, Duff? There's a couple Ill. of texts here about uh, the, the Pride Runner. We'll get, I'll get a comment from you. And also the favourite, Queen of the Ball. Yep, um, well, we spoke about Magic. Queen of the Ball might just want a drier track. Uh, she, her brilliance was on the drier track. So that was the, the theory coming out of that race where Rachel had said to Michael, off one of the trials, I don't think she's real good on the wet. Um, she's much better on the dry. So... Uh, that's the angle to give her another chance. So Thera, I think there's talk that she may spell now. OJ was good. Uh, Charlatan, look, I'm I'm in his corner. I was in his corner. He's a lovely big cold. I'd, I wish he would have made his run along the inside and not come out wide. You can't do that. At, and he's not crunched down. There's no doubt about it because he's already qualified for the slipper. I'm trying to defend him. Um, but I want to see him, maybe a set of blinkers next time and stand over him a bit more. You'll learn more about him. But, um, yeah, he, he's probably on notice at his next run. What about some of the two-year-olds in uh, Melbourne? Uh, we saw I'm Loving You win the uh, the Talon Dirt uh, Dino. Um, we also saw as well in and around uh, a nice run, I thought, from uh, Jai's Ride, um, Lambda. Um, yep. What did you make of the Talon Dirt? I mean, it was 5.50 watt. SP, uh, so it was a you know it was an open race. Yeah, I, I think look, they, there's some talk they might back the winner up in the Blue Diamond. I don't think uh, she's quite good enough, but it was a very fast race early and it became a race of attrition, and that's why you had the really big margins at the end. And the, the first four fillies, uh, they went okay, and towards the Thoroughbred Breeders uh, on Super Saturday or the size produce maybe for one of them, maybe uh, Kiko who. Uh, looks as though the further she goes, the better she go will, will go. Uh, would be suited. And Lambda was in a very messy race on debut on New Year's Day. They went slow, and she got in a terrible spot. And she sprinted well, but uh, she ran well on Saturday. And uh, whilst on by, she carted them up at a good speed. So her run had merit. So those first four uh, fillies uh, went quite well. There's a colt in this race. He was beaten a long way. Uh, Latvian, he trolled a lot better than he raced. Maybe the straight didn't suit him. Uh, I want to see him again, but more more so for the longer two-year-old races. All right. And then we'll just scroll the page over, Dino, to the uh, the vanity, the tab vanity. Mm. Um, what's been the wash-up with, uh, with Barb Rader? Because she is just all heart. She was great there on the weekend. Yeah, she's a beauty. Uh, she's In one prep, she went right through Group 1 placed and... First up, uh, she trolled up pretty well, uh, but she was dominant there on Saturday. They went a very good gallop here, and she was in an absolutely perfect spot. But uh, she took advantage of that spot to win. Cardigan Queen got probably too far back and really sprinted hard, ran the second best last 200 of the meeting. So she's obviously going well. Ancient Girl was the one that created the speed, ran well. I was surprised Socialist went forward uh, on such a fast speed. I was hoping she'd be back with Barb Raider and maybe use her fitness late, but she was there and that made her very vulnerable late. She battled on well, but uh, no, Barb Raider. I think Barb Raider will probably, get, probably go to the vanity in three weeks and then you'll see her in the binary uh, in Sydney. All right, uh, back to Sydney we come here, Duff, uh, because uh, Expat, which was a great performance uh, for the Newnham and uh, Sherry combo. What did you make of the Millie Fox? And, gee, I thought the uh, second horse was going to get it on the line, Bellucci Bay. Yeah, I thought she was going to get her for one stride there with fitness, but she just didn't finish the 1300 off uh, Bellucci Babe. Uh, Expat, uh, been beautifully set up and trained by Mark. He, he gets a plan. When she won at Gosford, he said, OK, the... Let's get get her back and pretty fit with residual fitness after 50 days or so and get a right to win at her best track and distance, and that's the 1,300 <coughs> at Rose Hill, where she's had a few results before. So um, job done. She's earned a crack. 
at the Coolmore now and you know if she happened to get a wet track there on Coolmore day she'd be amongst the talk but the Coolmore's not an e- easy race to win uh, but she's got racing style and um, and uh, a, a great pattern and demeanour about her that she'd uh, she'd run well if the, she got conditions to suit Belluching Babe she's flying um, but just got to find the right race Lalude always races well fresh and Crone should come on from that now and be ready to defend her um, Coolmore title and what about race five? Uh, just some comments here. There's a couple of texts on the text line about uh, Mizzou. Um, is this a horse? I mean, it won, look, won a Brian Crowley last year. Um, comes back in great performance on the weekend. Um, are you keen to see where they take Mizzou this prep? I think he's a good horse. I've always thought he's... I backed him to win the slipper after he, when he first started Canterbury. But he just... He wasn't mentally right and he wanted to over, overdo things and... I think we were calling for his gelding a long time ago, and they actually did, which surprised me because he's a, he did have a lot of promise, but I think it could well be the making of him. He's a really matured and looks fantastic there on Saturday. And he, he rode a hot speed, well, a hot enough speed, off one easy trial. So a lot to like about him. I want to see him come back and do it again. And then the, he's right up there with the good sprinters, I think, the good sprinting three-year-olds. I think you're going to see a real talent emerge. The filly went well, Zapateo, Foxfight, a lovely return, and Abel Willie, I think he just wants further, um, so I wouldn't sack him off that, he's better. He's a better horse than what we saw there on Saturday, Mink's moment was far from ready, um, so he'll come on from that experience as well. Munz, I know you're having the uh, the festival uh, over the last couple of days uh, with your birthday, but uh, you would have no doubt seen that Tari qualifier uh, yesterday, great scenes there with... Uh, with the Milligan family and also Maddie Derrick getting that win with Swamp Nation, but also another one who we saw win at uh, Wagga on the Saturday. And Nick Haywood and uh, Gary Colvin, they come to the big dance again. Yeah, well, he created history, Dave. Uh, another one by being the first horse to win two uh, country championships qualifiers. And it was interesting to note he hadn't won another race uh, between his two wins and the, the two Wagga qualifiers for the country championship. So uh, he, it was a very, very confident ride by, by Nick Hayward to be. Um, I've never seen another one travel as close to the speed as he did in that race on Saturday. And I tell you what, though, the second horse is no slouch there, tap and run. He took a fair bit of ground off... Um, Another one in the last 100 metres there, and they put a big space on the rest of the field there. So wherever you think another one's going to be, and he has run second in a country championships to Art Cadeau off the back of that win last year. So you know where he sits uh, in the uh, in the situation for the country championships. So uh, wherever you have another one, uh, I wouldn't be having tap and run that far away from him. All right. Fast time there too. They run very fast time on the day, so... It's a think after first thinking, you know, that mightn't be good enough. I'm having second thoughts. So we've got Mudgy this Sunday for the country championships. Of course, that'll coincide with the Charity Shield on Saturday night. Um, that's your country championship qualifier. And then, of course, Newcastle starts on Thursday. So uh, keep an eye on your form guides for Thursday because we've got, uh, when I say Newcastle starts, the provincial slash midway, that first heat is on Thursday. And both those markets open at Tab, aren't they, Glenn? 
Uh, yes, well, just like looking at the country championships market, Dave, far too easy. The winner of the Northern Rivers Racing Association qualifier at Grafton last weekend. It's the $4.50 favourite over another one who's at $6. Edit, who was the original favourite, but now these horses are qualified. They become shorter in the market. It'll be racing in, at the Tamworth Heat. It's an $8 chance, along with Tap and Run and Testator Silence, who was the winner at Nowra last Sunday. They're $8 each of two. And then you go to $15 for Banju Zoo Station and Zucchina, who ran second to Far Too Easy at Grafton. Now, the Provincial Midway um, Championships uh, final market, uh, as I scroll down through it and get past all these dollar and one chances, I can tell you that uh, great news uh, for Kim War is the, the $6 favourite over Kiss Sum, the horse we've spoken about this morning with Tracy Bartley at $11. Majestic Shot, who trialled at Gosford, I think may have been 10 days, two weeks ago. Norwegian Bliss, Queen Bellissimo and Spellcatcher are all $11 chances. And there's a hatful of uh, horses at $15 for that. And we'll see that first heat on Thursday. Boys, before we take a break and then come back with your horses to follow, um, I'll get a comment from you all here. Great to see those uh, scenes yesterday with Blake Shin. I remember when Blake first decided to go to Hong Kong, there was, you know, well, it's not easy going over there. Uh, and, uh, you know, being in that environment and, uh, you know, it sort of takes, a, I think, a special type of of mentality, uh, considering it's, uh, you know, you, you can't just turn up the track work and get these rides. You've got to be out, um, you know, whining and dining with owners. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hard place to get going. He could have easily jumped on the plane and come home many a time, but... I think uh, that ride yesterday is uh, well. That, that'll be one of the best he's ever ever had uh, in his mind. Well, he's off and going now. It, it's yeah. taken a while. The biggest feather in his cap has been his dedication to, yeah. to prove a point. And anyone else would have been home with their tail between their legs. So he's worked hard at it. He's got connections. It's hard to, you know, when you've got Purton and Marira, and uh, you know, it's, it's hard just the rest of them picking up the scraps. Uh, so. I think it's a real feather. We all know he's a great writer, uh, but it's a real feather in his cap, his dedication and his professionalism uh, to keep at it, keep at it, and he's going re- to reap the rewards in the next couple of seasons. There's no doubt about it. Dino, any comment there yeah. on Shinny? Oh, yeah, well, you know, we've seen Blake from day one down here in Melbourne uh, and then you know, making that move to Sydney uh, to ride for Gay Waterhouse and... And and just be mentally, he's been mentally strong all the way through with uh, with what he's been through in parts of his career, and uh, yeah, he's uh, he's toughed it out in the in the fishbowl there, and and you know, he's coming out the other side really well. The bush, the bush Telegraph, which can get it wrong, yes. <laughs> as saying yes. it could be Purton's last year as well. Yes, I've had the, the more than the Bush Telegraph telling me that. Yes, okay. Mm. Well, there you go. Mm. And uh, if he was to return, is the Bush Telegraph suggesting Sydney would be home? No, we just look after his properties and uh, live yeah. a lovely is life. Is there any land left at Coffs Harbour or surrounds? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think he's a he's good chance. A full time job it. picking up the rent. Yeah, he, he might be selling that. He's got that much land up there. He might be selling it to the New South Wales government to put the bypass through Coffs Harbour. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, uh, there's a bit of news filtering through too uh, that uh, Brock Ryan is going to get a chance to get on uh, Jamea's back in the Group 1 surround stakes at Rose Hill. Uh, Tommy's decided to take Saturday suspension straight away and will return in the round with Guineas. So Brock Ryan gets another opportunity um, on Jamea. And, uh, well, we've seen Brock uh, with these big opportunities. And uh, he is definitely going to be on a... Well, she'll be she'll be right in that race, won't she, come Saturday, boys? 
Yeah, she's right amongst the mix there. The, uh, we're going to have a wet week, so just a matter of sorting all that out when the rain does stop, oh, maybe Thursday or Friday. Um, so well, they get it wrong, we'll just assess it as it comes along, but prepare yourself for a wet week, I'd say. Mm. Joyce, Joyce he must have needed the week off after yeah. all those six race programs. He's had to do the form on <laughs> up in Brisbane and told Tommy to take this week off. Well, it's a bit like your birthday celebrations. It's been like Woodstock. It has been going. Nice. I didn't know what date it was. <laughs> it's the longest birthday celebration I've ever seen. Well, only, only runs second to the Queen. Yeah, I was going to say the Queen what had was, a pretty good run. Yeah. Muns, what was the best present you got? Uh, oh, the, the party yesterday. The, the shock of the party yesterday, Dave. Um, yeah, there's not many occasions that I am stuck for words. And one of the people that are on this panel this morning will tell you I was uh, actually stuck for words at uh, different times yesterday. Yeah, you were stuck for words when you looked in the fridge and all that priority red was gone by the time you got there. <laughs> yeah, well, there was one, 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 one guest here, he decided, he said, oh, I've had enough of the Peroni reds all day. Those grouse ones, those, um, you know, oh, you got the black ones. Can, can, can I have one of them oh, for the road geez. trip? Well, yeah. I'll tell you what, Duff, you've pulled up much better than Martin's by the sounds yeah, of it. Yeah, I got out of there, it was still daylight, actually, so Jeez. I, I, I was happy to get out of there. I think it was daylight when we finished. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Winding back the clock at the Munns household. We'll take a break. We'll get horses to follow after this. You're on Punters Postmortem. The Provincial Championship Qualifiers. Newcastle 2016. Hetty Heights down the outside. Reached the lead with Magic of Dreams. Marple Miss Dream Lane coming late. Hetty Heights in front from Marple Miss Dream Lane. Hetty Heights clear and a brilliant win. Hetty Heights wins the Newcastle Qualifier. 2017. What could be down the outside? Pacific Range kicking strongly from Calabasas. Pacific Range from Calabasas. But Clevedon Bay's chiming in now. Clevedon Bay swept up on the outside. Takes the lead. And Abdullah gets Clevedon Bay Homer. The Provincial Midway Championship qualifiers kick off this Thursday at Newcastle. The Inglis Premier Yielding Sale has produced more winners of Australia's $1 million plus open races since 2019 than any other individual sale in the Southern Hemisphere. Sale on February 27 to March 1. Catalogue available now at inglis.com.au. Mudgee is the place to be on Saturday the 26th and Sunday the 27th of February. Cheer on your team at the annual NRL Charity Shield, the Dragons and the Rabbitohs. Next day, saddle up for the New Haven Park Country Championship Central Districts Horse Races. There's fashions on the field and your chance to beat players past and present. Free buses from the local pubs, so bring the whole family for a great weekend of sporting fun. Tickets are available now at 123ticks.com.au. This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. Yeah, welcome back to Sky Sports Radio on this Monday. And you're with Ron Doversy, Dean Lester and Glenn Munsey on Punter's Postmortem. And Dino, we mentioned before, well Duff mentioned before about these trials today uh, that have been on this morning already at Rose Hill. And I suggest, and also Duff suggested, to, to go and have a look at a few of these trials. We saw Alligator Blood trial nicely. Uh, we saw Remark trial beautifully, um, according to Duff. And, and also Greece, which you've just uh, found a little key point about out. Yeah, she's a... a I, I was looking at the pedigree and I thought, I know that the Mayor Maastricht's thrown something decent and she's a full sister to Loving Gabby, so it's in the same stable. And I remember last year, Duff, she was very, very obviously, she was very, very high-priced at, uh, I think, Inglis, I think. Yeah. She made big money. 
Yeah, she's in. It'll be interesting what if they do have a crack at next Saturday against. Well, no, I suppose she won't go against a stable mate um, if she runs no. cool and gather. But she might run the race. Yeah, yeah, might go a, a one little chance to go bang bang this filly, and I'm sure she'll she'll gather a bit of support because everyone's waiting for something to put their hand up. And you have a look yeah. at her; she's strong through the line, and she ran a nice time there. Uh, probably, I think she ran faster than Alligator Blood. So, we'll all see. right. Uh, Dino, there's a text on the text line. Do you know about uh, clairvoyance? What's happening with clairvoyance? No, I don't. Uh, she was back to her best yesterday in the uh, Pinjara Classic. Uh, just ran away from her rivals. Uh, I'm not sure. I think the whole next eight, nine months is aimed at winning the winter bottom over there in Perth. But I don't know with the borders reopening if they'll rethink that because... I think that was when the borders were shut, and they were they were probably looking at on the the lesser side of things. But you know, there's uh, as I said, the Sangster and the the Goodwood in in Adelaide, and you know, I, um, I don't know if she carries a nom for anything else, but uh, she's certainly uh, uh, a very good mayor, and we were waiting for, to see her do that, and she did it very well yesterday. Mm. And Munns, just on uh, Greece, what uh, twenty six dollars now in that golden slipper market? So prop number is. What is it? One seven six five eight one. What's what's been invested on Greece? Much um, or it, not it much? Has, yeah, it's 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 pretty popular, Dave. I'm just going back to my uh, Golden Slipper spreadsheet here to tell you what the movements have been since day one with Greece. And where is it here? It might have been. We may not have had it in the original. No. The original market. I think the first trial was the 10th of February, so I don't think she was even thought about yeah, it. It was put in as a $34 chance this time last week, Dave. Yeah. Okay. That was the first time it was it, it, it was entered. It may not have been, I wonder if it may not have been named because um, when you get the second decks for the slipper, um, they usually put all of those horses that have been named, so she wasn't in that original um, second deck, so she may not have been named when those second decks were taken and that was i think you'll find in mid january or yeah, uh, 10th of later february january. So, yeah 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 because that has right. happened before i know that when we've when, when we haven't priced them uh it, it may not have had a name all right uh what about uh, jmac this weekend guys he rides very elegant this is ram week next saturday very elegant espiona cool and gatter ice bath Custodian and Aaron Mayo, just to name a few. So uh, J Mac again uh, will be to the fore. And when um, Duff, do we know when Huey's back? So obviously, uh, will he be back for the the following weekend, or will it be a bit longer? No, uh, I don't know. I think he's crook. No, yeah, I think he's just crook. I, I think yeah. we be interesting. Um, well, let's have a look if he's got rides Wednesday. Um, I think he had a bit of gastro or something. Yeah, that's what they're yeah, saying. Yeah. So as soon as someone pulled, gets sick, you know, everyone's got... Everyone a, thinks, you know, yeah. Yeah, you got the COVID. Yeah. So it's uh, you're just tired with that if you're crook these days. Yes. <laughs> yeah, don't go. But you get over it. Yeah. Exactly. Boys, uh, horses to follow, Duff. Uh, we might get some from you. I look, yeah, this Saturday, I, I think oh, no compromise. I think he... he, he He's ready to put his foot down at 2,000 or a little bit further. Mizzou, I love. And always sure, uh, he was really hot and bothered there on Saturday and his wet track's not his go. He's he's ready to win another one of those midways for sure. Uh, Dino? 
Uh, I'm with Forgot You, as I mentioned. I think uh, he's a real chance of winning the Guineas in two weeks. And a couple out of race eight, Mr. Brightside, who's already in the All-Star Mile, and he's come back well. And Grand Slam, I, I don't know what they'd be aiming up at. It'll have to be a dry track. But uh, he went very well first up, probably third up 2,000 metres. Uh, I want to be with him, Grand Slam. Muns? Horses to follow. Uh, just, just, yeah, horses to follow. I'll give you those. But um, it wasn't named, Dave. Greece okay. was not named. And if you go to the second acceptances for the Golden Slipper, uh, it just has uh, I'm Invincible Maastricht, but doesn't have a name alongside it. So that's why it wouldn't have been there put in uh, until uh, recently. Uh, my horses to follow, Dave, uh, Kiss Some, as I mentioned earlier. Um, only a benchmark 72 horse, so... Uh, and possible provincial midway championship uh tap and run uh, i'll follow it out of wagga and one on friday night dave very very nice horse by the name of aircraftman uh get onto its back uh here we actually rode it on friday night it's a nice type and cheers just sent me a text uh nothing wrong with hubert he's at the trials today it was just a little 24-hour bug so Huey will be back uh, on our screens this week and into the weekend. Gents, thanks for coming on today. Punters post-mortem. Great to have you all back and look forward to uh, to a big week ahead. See you, guys. Thanks, Dave. There is the team. And, of course, this week ahead in Sydney, we've got the Surround Stakes, which will be uh, one of our uh, feature Group 1 races. We've also got the Tab Chipping Norton. We've got the uh, Guy and Walter Proven Thoroughbred Stakes. We've got the Sweet Embrace, the Skyline Stakes, the Liverpool City Cup. That's just here in Sydney. And down in Melbourne, uh, we've also got uh, big racing coming your way on Saturday, of course. Uh, we're at uh, Caulfield. And uh, the nominations and whatnot, the, I think the weights uh, are out as we speak. We've got, obviously, the Blue Diamond, the Zedative, the Autumn Classic. Uh, we've also got the Oakley Plate as well, uh, the Futurity. So it's, it's a beauty uh, in both areas, and it's a feast for punters to sink their teeth into. And we'll talk all about that as the week unfolds here on Sky Sports Radio. It's three minutes past 10 o'clock. We'll take a break. I think Michael Buckley's going to join us from the Tamworth Jockey Club after this.